Hi, I'm Neil Pretorius. I'm the CEO of DRD Gold. Uh, we are situated in South Africa, listed on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, as well as the New York Stock Exchange. We're a gold producer, and we produce gold from mine waste or tailings. An unusual gold producer is what you are. We've, we've had a few good conversations in the past and kind of got, got into the weeds a bit. And I think there's, uh, there's a couple of components here. It's trying to understand what you are, because there's, you're a, a dividend payer. Uh, you reclaim and um, you, was it, how, was it, how do you phrase what you do with, with the land that you've got? Well, we, we, we restore the land. Restore the land, yeah. okay. So, so we, don't put, we don't backfill, we don't put the, the mine waste back onto the site where we re reclaim it from. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's restored and then either used for light industrial or for residential, or in certain instances, it just, it just goes back to the way that it was uh, right. naturally. Right. It's a wetland. It, in the old days, tailings dams were built in lower-lying areas before environmental governance became yeah. a thing. And, uh, and it's, it's easier to take a fully laden hopper down a hill than up a hill. So many of the low-lying areas that have become dewatered because of mining uh, became filled up with old mine waste. So yeah. we've reclaimed a few wetlands and restored a few wetlands in the process as okay. well, riverbeds, et cetera. So, right, reclaiming and restoring land, um, but extracting a lot of gold in your case. Um, focus pr primarily in Southern Africa or, or South Africa? Yeah, at the moment only in South Africa. Right, All of okay. our operations are around the Johannesburg area and out towards the west, towards Coltonville. Right. Uh, and it's only from, from mine waste. So, so we don't create any new waste. We produce a product, but by uh, reclaiming existing mine waste and just storing it somewhere else right. where it's looked after slightly differently and, and maybe according to, not maybe, in fact, to a, to a modern set of standards of right. environmental governance. I sort of wonderfully described as sunshine mining. Yes. So it's, 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 well, I was about to say it's not complex, but it is because you've got to be really, really efficient with the process, don't you? Because it's Correct. usually it's been mined already. It's been extracted already. Yes. And look, and the assumption was that the old timers were inefficient. They, they were not. Sometimes they were in a bit of a hurry because they were mining a, a high grade ore body. So they would sacrifice efficiency for, for speed, for throughput, but not a, not a, a lot. Uh, sometimes you would get an ore body, as we call it, that is maybe 0 0.02 grams higher in gold content than others. But, but that range is actually quite limited. So yes, we're on, we're on opposite sides of the scale. We're a mega volume company. Mm. Uh, but involved in, in nano extraction. We, we take out 180 parts per billion to 200 parts per billion. Right. Okay. And you're currently going through a kind of transitional phase, right? So let, let me put this in context. You have almost award-winning. You're second place in the Sunday Times, top 100 South African companies based on the last five years of, of dividend payments, 638%. Not too shabby. Losing out to who? To Goldfields, another gold miner. Right. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, Six hundred sixty-eight percent. So not much in it. Not much in it. Um, so you, you to do that, you're gonna you you, you kind of you got to continue to to grow. You got to continue to process, right? So, but you are transitioning from a couple of uh, sites at the moment to some new properties. Any issues with that transition period? Yeah, we had various issues. Uh, I mean, we pride ourselves on the fact that. Um, we, we set ourselves up to take full advantage of, of the gold price when it's favorable. Yeah. And uh, whilst at the same time also being robust or resilient enough to 
to make it through the, the down cycle right. because we don't take any uh, forward exposure. We, we actually take full forward exposure. We don't forward sell at all. We don't hedge any of our production. And, and this time around, because we, we had come off a number of high volume clusters and we had delays in commissioning new high volume clusters, there was a period of time of about nine months that, that became fairly intense towards the end of the calendar year. In the two months, we were really uh, scrambling for tons where instead of putting uh, mainly high volume material, uh, hydro mined material through the plant, we had to mechanically lift material from from all old sites, uh, right. legacy sites and cleanup sites and so forth. So it was tough, it was annoying, uh, it was really frustrating. Uh, but the team did well in the sense that um, we didn't miss the, the, the mark by much. Right. So, so production was down by roughly 8% be because of that period on period. Um, but tons were way down. But, but explain that. So you basically, you, you went from moving it using water, hydro, uh, to having to truck it, clearly then exposing yourself to not just trucking costs, but fuel costs and personnel costs, et cetera, yeah. for a period of time. And I, have you worked your way through that? And when do you move to the old processes? We have, yeah. So, so I mean, the, the way that you set up the business is you, you invariably you have several sites from which you claim mine waste using uh, high pressure uh, hydro mining mm. technology. So, so it's really a high pressure jet with which you wash it through. Right. And then you move roughly uh, a ton every every five seconds. That's the rate right. at which it's being been so mined. So it's literally sort of a sort of large pipe. It's it's a water jet, yeah, with with a bend in it, or else it'll pick up the operator. And yeah. Be, so you've got to bend to offset the, nice. <laughs> the pressure, and this then gets it's like slicing a cake, but at an angle. So I've seen it in mineral sands projects where they're they're, they're doing this, but um, that's to kind of you know get get out the ore body itself. Um, sorry, the 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 pile itself. But in terms of the pro, where do you move it through? So can you explain the actual yeah, process? So, so, so it gets it gets uh, sliced with with this high pressure water jet, and and the slurry then runs into a sump, and then it gets pumped in certain instances up to fifty kilometers far. Wow! To the plant where it gets processed, and as I say, one operator moves about a ton every five seconds. So we try and make about one hundred and fifty to one hundred eighty rand per site per, per five seconds. Wow! So to speak. Um, and if you move enough of those tons, like 25 million per year, then, then your, your revenues are, revenues are decent and your margin could be yeah. fairly decent as well. Now imagine if a large percentage of, of your available face, as they would call it in, in yeah. uh, orthodox mining, if that's not available because you've depleted a number of sites mm. and the sites that you had lined up to come in and its stead yeah. have now been delayed because of either a regulatory issue or because of a community interfering with construction. Right. And that period carries on and on and on. Yeah. So you've got to now make up tons somehow. Right. Uh, now, what we'd started doing a few years ago is because of, I mean, our situation has been fairly favorable the last few years. We, we have been generating decent margins. So, so we've gone back to a number of older sites, legacy sites Poof. that uh, that weren't entirely cleaned up, weren't entirely restored, but five of those. And we systematically started reclaiming material from there as well. Okay. Uh, but but there you have to lift it mechanically. You have to yeah. put in loaders and trucks and so forth. And we had to very significantly accelerate the rate of cleaning up because your cleanup material, it's, it's lower lying material, so it's invariably, it's also higher in gold content. Right. So, so it's, a, it's, a com it's a completely different uh, cost maker. Right. So we had to do that. Uh, and, and we did that well to the point where we pretty much cleaned up everything that there was to clean up in October of last year and still hadn't commissioned 
at least the last two right. sites. Okay. And that's where the, the volume gap came in. Okay. Now, th those have now been commissioned. We've got the licenses, we've got the pipelines in, the community's happy. Not happy, but the, the issue has been dealt with. And, um, and we're processing at the, the, we set up to process at the requisite rate. Right. So come through that period of transition as you. Just on the hydro thing, I want to make sure everyone understands the process here because it's, it's a very green. It's this called kind of remediation component to what, rest, rest, restoration component to what you do is really, really important. Um, the hydro, is that on a kind of loop in terms of the water gets recycled and you know, it shoots off one end? It's a, it's a closed circuit. Closed circuit loop. And okay. it's, uh, of the water that we use, 95% is recycled water or right. water that we get from gray water that, that's been treated to a point. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it stays in a, in a closed loop. Got it. Okay. We, so that... we use very little potable water. South Africa doesn't have enough potable water to, to uh, uh, provide into our water requirements. We add about 30 million liters on a daily basis. Right. So, so as I said, about 95% of that is gray water and deliberately so. We, we, we set it up in that way. Okay. So, so, so that is high pressure hydro mining. It stays in the circuit. And, and that's what you need to do in order to maintain a cost profile on a per ton basis that is sustainable. And whilst at the same time also gener generating sufficient volume throughput to, to, uh, to have to sufficient total revenue to cover your total cost. So right. you measure everything on a per ton basis, but also on a total cost basis. And it's when you run out of material yeah. because of the fact that you weren't able to overlap the depletion of a former site with a commissioning of a new site yeah. that, that you pick up. So the, 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 the plan would that. have been to obviously have that overlap slightly. You plan for efficiencies, but outside factors may change the, t the timing of that. And you've kind of got to fill that gap as it were. Okay. So there were three sites. I can give you the, the, the actual yeah, date. Please. So October 2022, three sites, three new sites, or with, with effect from October 2022, a few months uh, apart, three new sites had to come on, on uh, stream. One came on stream in November of 2022, the second in July of, of 2023, and the last only in January of 2024. Okay. With a fourth site where we reconfigured the whole setup and the mining method also coming on stream only in, uh, in January of 2024. So it's a fairly significant delay where there was a lot of scrambling for tons from these legacy sites. But now, fortunately, they're all cleaned up. I flew over the whole area the other day, and, yeah. and they look lovely. They've been so, so who owns that? Does, does it go back to previous owners? You don't have any financial benefits. Some, of, some of them we do own. Right, uh, okay. The ones towards the, the far east land we do own. We, the RD owns about, give or take, about 6,000 hectares of land in and around the Johannesburg area, but that's mostly towards the east of Johannesburg, the newer Ergo footprint and the yep. RPM footprint. Towards the central and uh, western parts of, of Johannesburg, it's yep. other, these are other property owners like either the city council yeah. and private property owners. So, so the land there could be given back to those property owners and they could do something useful with it. Including building pro property on oh, yeah. some of these yeah, things several, as well. Several of, those, yeah. several of those sites. I mean, we've cleared about 200, if not more, uh, mine dumps over the past 30 odd years, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe even longer, and um, several thousand hectares. And many of those sites are now either residential or light industrial or commercial. Some of them have simply just been restored back to nature. Right, interesting. Okay, let's go to those talk numbers here. Okay, so you said that, you know, if, if you issues to overcome in terms of that transition last year, um, you're a dividend paying company, obviously, and we've talked about how much this is, it's, it's been good um, to you. Were, have you done your 2023 um, year-end numbers? You haven't yet. We, 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 we've done the 2023 year-end numbers, yes, and we did pay a dividend, just, just over half a billion rand in yeah. dividends were paid out towards the end. 
quite a lot's also gone into uh, capital reinvestment. We're building a large solar plant, which is now also nearing completion. Right. It's generating about 14 megawatt as we speak, and it would have, uh, it would be up to about 60 megawatt by the end of March of right. this year. And then power storage towards the end of the, the, the financial year, closer to October of this year. So a lot of money is going into that, a lot of capital going on, but we, we're in a position to, to pay all of those uh, because we started the 2023 financial year with just over two and a half billion rand in the bank. Uh, and, and that's now been, you know, just over a billion of that's been spent on capex yeah. and on the dividend and on tax. We pay yeah, tax yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, and then, as I say, fortunately, we're now at a point where the cost profile has been restored to what it was. Fewer, fewer yellow machines. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what effect the solar plants also going to have on, mm. the, on the, the cost profile. Is uh, that to give you some consistency? I know the, the South, South African um, energy spire does ha has had issues. I mean, we're suffering from load shedding whilst we're here in, in, in Cape Town, and the costs have been ramping up over the past, well, certainly five years that I'm, I'm, I'm aware, and possibly longer. Um, being in control of your own destiny over the course of your energy costs, I mean, you must have looked at the the time to re recoup that and that outlay. I mean, yeah. Wh wh why do you solar? What's, what's the benefits to you? Oh, it's it's a very robust model. Um, and in fact, the irony is that the the mine needs the, the solar plant. Solar plant doesn't need the mine. It could be independently. It could be a very lucrative business, and, and we own it. Interesting. We, uh, we we didn't go the uh, independent power producer yeah. route uh, yeah. just to have it fund with the uh, the the the, uh, the takeoff arrangement. Uh, this, it's five years in the making before we decided eventually that we're going to invest in a solar plant. Yeah. Uh, firstly, because we had the money to do it, uh, but also because the technology had improved to the point where we thought that it, it's becoming more and more yeah. efficient. Yeah. Um, the, the, the regulatory regime has changed, it's become easier to, to build a plant of this scale yeah. and also to feed the, uh, the surplus power back into the grid where we can pull it off at other sites right. by way of weeding. Right. Yeah. So you have the benefit, you have the full benefit of all 60 megawatt that you generate. Yeah. Um, Notwithstanding the fact that, that you might not use it at that particular site. Um, the reason why it took so many years before we started was, remember the mines aren't switched off entirely. The mines are on a load curtailment arrangement, not on a load, uh, a load uh, shedding arrangement. So the, the number of ounces that we had lost in the past as a consequence of the power situation really been because of uh, unscheduled, uh, uh, unscheduled trip-outs uh, or, or where the power dips and yeah. you have equipment that, that gets uh, damaged and so forth and so forth. But um, it, it's, it's now where the, the actual model, assuming uh, Eskom running full-time and, and weighing that up against the economics of generating your own power, the model is just far more compelling to, to generate your own power. Plus, we're halving our carbon footprint. Uh, yeah. Plus, you now have security of supply, you know, mm. because it's right there. Yeah. Um, so, so it takes a number of boxes. It, it adds to the resilience. It adds to the bottom line. It also adds to our environmental profile, to our ESG profile. Right. So, balance sheet looking quite healthy at the moment. I should say, are able to continue paying dividends. Have got a healthy balance sheet. Of, of your own to deploy for capital um, projects like this, should you wish. Are, are there any other um, protectionist uh, strategies that you've got in terms of safeguarding your own future production or at least maintaining it that you're looking at? Well, it, the, I mean, growth for us means firstly optimizing our existing um, uh, asset base. So, so it's growth not in terms of throughput, but growth in terms of years. So we've got a lot of sunk capital. We've got large plants. We're extending the 
capacity of one of those plants, doubling it, the one in the far west rand, over the next three years, whilst at the same time also creating additional uh, storage space. As I said earlier, the, the mine waste that we mine, we don't backfill, we take it to another site. So very significant investments going into that, hopefully to, well, as I say, not just optimize our asset base, but also extend mine life by ultimately also bringing in new, new resources from, from surrounding mines or being a, a regional player, if, if not a re uh, owner of all of those resources, at the very least be a regional player. So, so there's, a, there's, there's focus in that regard and, and there's a plan in that regard and we're yeah. rolling out that plan, we're executing. Over the next 2028, the start of 2028 is an important period for us because by then we would have wanted to put many of these things in place. But then at the same time also, um, yeah, I think the, the, the impact of, of our model of, of, of what we do is compelling and, and it's worth taking it to, to other mining sites as well where you optimize your waste. And I mean, if, if you could really, if you have a really good mine and you don't, need the revenues from your mine waste then you could take all of those revenues you could take mm. all of the, uh, the the upside of what you're generating which otherwise would would have been just lying there and you could reinvest that into your environmental restoration program you can reinvest that into creating ecosystems to restore biodiversity you could really turn it into something that goes beyond mere compliance um, and and I think you know, there's potential in that as well. Well, that's that's what I'm interested in because you obviously Sabani Steelwater, um, big, big shareholder of of, um, of the business, and you you guys have got a technology which you're applying on a kind of large scale here. So I guess there's two two trains of thought here. One is um, the expansion outside of South Africa. You know, Sabani has a lot of different assets around the world and in Africa predominantly, but around the world too. Is there a way of packaging up? the technology for others to use yeah. and can you insert yourself into other Sabanye um, assets where you can actually, you know, well, it's, it's about revenue, it's about growth at the end of the day. So how are you looking at the technology as, as a means for that growth? Yes, look, the, 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 the mine method, the, uh, the reprocessing and tailings it's, it's not as, as attractive everywhere as it is with the, with the two assets that we've got, the two projects that we've got, Urban yeah. and Forest Gold Recoveries. But at the very least, it's, it's capable of, to the extent that there's sufficient redundant equipment, capital equipment available that you could repurpose for, for reprocessing. At the very least, by reprocessing it, <coughs> excuse me, um, you're creating a revenue source that I believe it enables you to reinvest back into environmental closure. Um, sometimes that uh, the quality of that resource is such that it, that it can stand on its own two feet. And yeah. that would be the case where you would say to the client, whether it not be Sabanya or any other uh, right. operator, yeah. we could actually take charge of the site. Um, if, if, your, if your objective here, if your goal is not yeah. so much one of commercial exploitation of, of, of a, of a, uh, a discard uh, stockpile, yeah. If, if your objective is to restore this footprint, yeah. um, to bring about environmental closure, but to the point where you have an ecosystem that supports the biodiversity, the quality of this whole body is such that, that, that we could invest the capex and that yeah. we could get sufficient of a return to justify the capex whilst at the same time achieving the outcome that, that you want, right. namely of restoring the site. Right. And, uh, and, and you don't have to uh, you don't have to be involved. You don't have to take risk exposure in that regard other than allowing us to go ahead. So, so, so that would be sort of the range, I believe, of what one could do, both within the group 
as well as outside of the group. Uh -huh. So this knowledge or this technology or this intellectual capital, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. I think is something that one could offer to other operators. And by assessing the quality of what's left, one could then give them some sort of an indication as to where within those two extremes yeah. of just advisory or by assuming yeah. full risk, one could fit this particular project. The, the understanding needs to be though that you know, it's, it's not a, it's not another commercial arm to an existing business. That's something that's done within the context, really, of of cleanup, um, of rolling back the environmental impact. No, I get that, but but you can't, you know, it's, if you're not so altruistic. I'm going to do this. No one needs to make any money here. There's got to be a financial component to it. But I get it, it's ingrained in you guys in terms of, like, and I don't want to greenwash this conversation, but the restoration remediation component has a financial um, benefit to the, the owner. I, they've either got an environmental bond on it or in, in some ways obliged to return it to its, its previous state, right? So for them, there's a financial benefit. For you too, there's got to be a financial benefit. I appreciate it's uh, not a mainstay of the business, but it would make sense for you to make money, right? But the, the, the whole idea of sustainable development uh, assumes integrated integrated value or value, value at different levels. So, so you achieve a particular outcome. You create value on your way to something else, to, to a larger objectives and to a larger objective. And, and um, I mean, you made the point, if it's not altruistic, it's, it's anything but that. We're not a movement, we're not an NGO. Yeah. We're a business, we're listed on, the, on, the stock, on, two, uh, yeah. on, uh, on both JSE and New Stock Exchange. We offer a compelling return. You mentioned earlier, came second this year. In fact, we came first in 2021. 638%, we'll say it again. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> if it's worth saying, it's worth saying twice. So, so if that's the sort of return that you can offer on your way yeah. to something, on your way to a, an idea of integrated value creation or yeah. sustainable development, then, then why not? Then it means it makes sense. And, and that's why I became a very ardent supporter of, uh, of, of Paul Pullman, who's I think one of the initial promoters of sustainable development as key, as core to, mm -hmm. your, to your strategic approach to your business. Yeah. When I made the point earlier of what the expectation should be, I was look, I was talking from the perspective of the so-called client. Yeah. The client, we, we, we're a value for the client if the client views his tailings as a means to bring about a certain outcome within the context of whatever undertakings they give in terms of biodiversity, in terms of environmental restoration, etc. Um, if, if the client, uh, the, the expectation from the client is that somebody's going to write him a check for the stuff that he threw away. Yeah. We're not going to be that person. We're not going to be the, writing right. the check. Got it. Got it. And, and, and that makes sense. That makes sense. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? There's a, there's a real cost that upfront before you've even extracted any value. Right. So you're doing them a favor and you, if you can construct it in a way that works for you, that makes a sensible conversation. And they're not a favor in being nice. The, you're doing them. You, you, you're you providing something of value in the yeah. sense that the balance sheet benefits from it, uh, your environmental profile benefits from yeah. it, your risk exposure benef benefits yeah. from it. A restored environment doesn't pose a health hazard or typically doesn't pose a health hazard to the communities around you. So you're not going to get sued for mm -hmm. something uh, that, that you left behind. Um, the, the, the idea really is just that um, in, in, terms of the, in terms of the financial model, you do not grow, in my view, you do not grow a tailings business by buying up as many tailings as you can get your hands on. Because all you're really doing is you're taking care of somebody else's problems for him. You grow a tailings business by establishing associations with other companies and um, 
espousing the, 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 the benefits of a collaboration, of, of working towards a particular point. And then depending on the quality of what's been thrown away, the quality of, of the whole composite, mm. the remaining infrastructure plus the tailings, then figuring out a way that it, that it benefits both parties. And if it's a good quality ore body, if it's good quality waste, mm. then it means that you could justify a capital investment into infrastructure to get this whole thing going because you're going to get uh, an, an adequate return. And, and that's why I believe pursuing a... Um, a broader commercial outcome, one that brings about both closure of a site, optimization of, of optimization of an asset, but also delivering into a variety of, of ESG objectives. Yeah, that, that, that's why I think um, that, that's what this model lends itself to. Well, I think it's good for mining in terms of its brands because there's a, we've seen it well over the last two three years of the rise of a kind of woke agenda. It seems um, ESGs well. ESG, as it's called now, has been called many things prior to that. And I think most, most good companies had a form of ESG long before the, the, the branding exercise happened. Um, but this particularly brings closure to the end of a mining cycle at a particular location. And I think that's good in terms of that kind of, you talk about closed loop, that is a kind of clo closed loop there where you say, but look, we, we've put it back the way we found it. And I think that's that's really good news for people. But like I say, you're not going to do that for free. But hopefully, all sides win in, in a scenario like like yours. I mean, do you, so if I if I look at the next twelve months for you guys, um, obviously that transitions. You, you migrated through to where you want to be, back to the 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 previous style, much more, more efficient process. In any any other kind of upside to the, the way you're viewing 2024, 2025, an environment like we see ourselves, higher cost environment, gold. He's doing okay, but the margins are sort of staying across the board. Where, where, how do you win? Look, we've been very fortunate in the sense that notwithstanding the fact that the macro environment for gold is typically, if you look at the dynamics that have been out there, then it's not really been a particularly good environment for gold. And yet gold has been exceptionally, the gold price has been exceptionally high. Mm. And maybe it's because there are different buying uh, patterns now. The, in the past, when the West dumped gold, then nobody, there was no safety net. Nowadays, it seems when, this, when the West dumps, the East accumulates. So mm -hmm. they're, they're sort of definitely changing the, the composition of their foreign currency holdings and, and, and long made last. Um, that being the case, I do think that uh, having now restored our, our, our mix, our setup, and, and how we process that, uh, that our costs will benefit from it, uh, and that. Finally, we, we, we should be in a position to take full advantage of, of a favorable gold price. Um, and, and I'm glad that we're here because this was all-consuming. Dealing yeah. with the situation up until December was all-consuming. All of our efforts, all of our energy, everything went into yeah. that. But we've got lots to do to be ready by 2028. And it's nice to be able to now finally get to a point where we could say, that's going to be the focus. We can now really focus on that. Put in decent operators to make sure that the, the business carries on the way that it, that, that it does, I'm talking about emerging young talent within the organization mm -hmm. to assume different roles, et cetera, et cetera. But some of the old dogs focus on, 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 on making sure that we set ourselves up properly for 2028 and then uh, and, and make sure that we, that we don't miss the target that we get there. Whilst at the same time also looking at you know, this other very ambitious uh, sort of expansion of, yeah. of involvement in terms of, of clients and, and, and rolling out the model, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm hoping that we get to do both. Yeah. Good to see you, man. Thanks very much. You know what? We, Appreciate it. And you reminded me at the beginning, 
we'd uh, never actually met face to face. Yes. Yeah, we have. Yes. I've now, I now know that, you know, there's more yeah, of there's you more than that. I've got legs. Yeah. <laughs>